0: Welcome to the show. It's Friday, so that means I'm out and it's also hashtag #fof or FOF, friends on Fridays. This Friday we will broadcast John Zipper's week to week show. The program today is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit pacificfertilitycenter.com. And now here's Week to Week with John Zipper.
1: I'm John Zipperer, the host of the Commonwealth Club's Week to Week Politics program. You can find out more about Week to Week and all of the Commonwealth Club's many programs, including videos and audio, at CommonwealthClub.org. Now let's join this week's program. Welcome to Week to Week, the political roundtable from the Commonwealth Club of California from Monday, October 17th, 2016. Um, Now, if you thought America had only gone crazy in its politics, this week we saw the case of would-be hero Michael Orchard, who smashed a glass door on a home and rescued a family dog from a fire. The only problem was that there was no fire and the dog was safe and uh, he was high on drugs. Um, And just imagine the fire. So it makes politics seem a little more normal now, doesn't it? So thanks for being here with us today in San Francisco. I'm John Zipperer, your host for Week to Week, and of course, the Commonwealth Club's Vice President of Media and Editorial. On today's program, I can't imagine what we're going to talk about, (laughs) but just to throw out a few ideas, I'm thinking the presidential campaign, uh, some state and local issues, candidates and propositions, uh, Mm -hmm. the entire Trump movement, what does it do in the future, and of course, other political news, and and, uh, not to mention our news quiz at the very end. As always, I like to note that the Commonwealth Club is uh, home to a wide variety of views. So any opinions that are expressed up here are those solely of the speakers and not of the Commonwealth Club. So let's meet our panelists for today. I'm going to start out. Sorry, we're disavowed already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the far end of the stage is Carla Marinucci. She's a senior writer at the Politico California Playbook. She's on Twitter at C Marinucci. Next to her is Scott Schaefer. He's senior editor for California Politics and Government at KQED. He's on Twitter at Scott Schaefer. He also has a tote bag, so you can give him your uh, radio (laughs) pledge dollars tonight. And next to him is Joe Garofoli, a senior political writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. And he's, of course, on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. There are question cards spread throughout the room. Use those to write out questions and we'll collect them. And I will try to ask as many as I can. Let's go on to our round table. Now let's take a quick audience poll. Um, how many of you have already voted? Raise wow. your hand. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. there you go. I great. did too. Wow! Already filled it out and mailed it in. OK, so you folks have already done your job. You can just sit back and relax. You're not responsible for anything else that goes on here in the next hour. Um, it's not your fault. Um, let's talk, of course, with the, about the presidential race. Um, it's, gotten even more interesting than it has been. Um, I'm just going to start with perhaps the most colorful bit today. Larry Flint offered to pay $1 million <laughs> for any video or audio recordings of uh, Donald Trump engaged in this behavior that uh, he and his wife says he doesn't do. So, Joe, I believe the number of women who are publicly accusing Donald yeah. Trump is like nine right now.
2: Yeah. Do we I don't know if we need any more proof uh, that uh, and, and, and Mr. Flint does this all the time, though. Yeah, he he always offers a million dollars. Every it's kind of a regular thing. He did it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He did it with all sorts of folks. So, I mean, that's I'm surprised he's waited this long to weigh in, frankly.
1: <laughs> so uh, it's kind but, of hard to get a word in edgewise with Donald Trump. Yes, so. it is. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, what do you, is this kind of what we're going to be looking at, though, for the next, what, three three weeks? You know, drip, 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 you know, more revelations and and yeah, more yes. counterattacks. I,
3: yes, I think it is. I mean, I talked to Gloria Allred uh, this week, uh, right before all the She's doing a
1: lot of the dripping. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I
4: mean,
3: you know, I talked to her actually before the first woman came out and said, uh, look, Gloria, you, you were behind a lot of the Bill Cosby uh, women. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? And she said, you know, that, that it takes a lot for the first woman to come forward. Once that happens, the dam is going to break. That's exactly what happened. She had that press conference. uh, And now these women are are all over the place. I think uh, Trump at this point, I mean, look, going into this debate, this is going to be are they all going to be sitting there in the audience? I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> need a bigger room. This <laughs> uh,
4: well, the so, other uh, dripping, too, is the, uh, the the emails, right? The WikiLeaks. Yes, I mean, there's a, I email. think there's another 50,000 pages of John Podesta's emails oh. and others, uh, which I, in some ways, the most interesting thing is how boring they've been, really. I mean, you know, they're really and if, and if the, somebody was going to release all my email, I might be a little worried. I think know? that's I'm the sure.
3: problem for Trump when you come to the, you know, the the, the really sexy nature <laughs> of the of the accusations against him. And then you have that on the other side. I don't know how he can compete with that. But the fact is, I think more shocking than anything has been his reaction to the women right. uh, that that may have hurt him more than anything uh, that th- this this at- disparaging attitude, like she's not hot enough for me to have, you know, I
4: sort of felt from the beginning. I mean, I wondered if he really wanted to win, you know, including the nomination. Like, I think he got in it for other reasons, like, like burnishing his brand or something. And when he does things like that, it just to me, it reinforces this notion that he doesn't really want to win because he's doing all these things time and again that you wouldn't do if you wanted to win.
2: Right. And and, and he could have sort of uh, derailed some of this by starting out the second debate by coming out with a genuine Heartfelt apology after the Billy Bush uh, Access Hollywood, uh, you know, th- not what he not what he did, which is sort of like now this is locker room talk. That's the, probably the worst answer to give, um, you know. In addition to what he said, and then that all the, the people came out, and it's. But I'm, what and I'm and wondering today- is, that, is there a law of diminishing returns at some level? I mean, how much more do people need to hear? I mean, I think it's important for all these women to come out and, and have their story heard. But in terms of the political thing. Where do you guys think? It's yeah, like, it's kind of baked into it at this yeah. point.
3: I, I, I don't know. I think people are willing to listen to this as long as it goes <laughs> on. And and you have the Trump campaign itself creating headlines. Melania Trump today. Oh, this is just boys talk. Uh, I don't or He was uh, he was
4: egged
1: on.
3: That's Yeah, he, he was, was egged trapped and trapped. They're blaming a bush. Billy, <laughs> Billy
4: Bush, <laughs> come
1: on. He <laughs> got <laughs> fired today, too. Uh,
3: yeah, he got fired today. She's
1: she's referring to this. She gave, she gave it, I guess she gave two an interview, interview, interview to Fox CNN today. And yeah, Fox, uh,
3: Fox today and said that this doesn't sound like the husband that she knows. She's never heard him talk like this. This was boy talk. And, uh, you know, she said that the interviewer egged him on. That's just that just keeps that story going another day. Uh, I mean, her absence from the campaign has been really noticeable. And I think uh, right there, it has been fodder for everyone. you think that
4: starts with this, all these revelations, or really with the convention where she got into, you know, the, I, you know, the I, plagiarism I think, stuff? I think,
3: particularly with these revelations, you're looking for the woman who knows him best to come forward right. and say, "Look, uh, this is not the husband I know," or no. some kind of. Yeah. Uh, the, her original, uh, entry into this whole story was going after the people writer and saying, Hey, I never met you asking for a retraction on that aspect of the story, not on any other. Even Ivanka. uh, Ivanka has, that's to me is a, is a huge, uh, you know, uh, she's missing from the campaign. This is, this is his daughter who has been out front with him talking about women's rights She's nowhere on this issue. And you even look at her Twitter feed. She's selling shoes and other stuff. But she's not talking about this. that.
4: That said, apparently, it was her husband, you know, Trump's brother-in-law, who's essentially the campaign director, whose idea it was to bring these four accusers of Bill Clinton and try to get them into the president, the family box.
1: Now, is this Kushner? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, tell us about Kushner. Him. He's, he's, we're going to be hearing more about him, I think. Well, in yes, and because yes. the
3: story came out today that he is perhaps putting together some kind of Uh, Trump media, Trump TV, uh, 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 you know, enterprise that is, and that's the question that I think uh, we're all looking at now. What is Trump banking on uh, something after the election? And that's, I think that's the real question here. No matter what happens in this election, does Donald Trump become the guy, he loses, okay, Uh, if he loses, uh, does he become the go-to guy for the cable TV channels? Every time Hillary Clinton does something, he's such good ratings for them, he's such good quotes, that even after the election, is he gonna be the guy that they that they I, I, so continue I'm, to I'm, go to? I'm
2: dubious about his power after as a media force after the election. Without the immediacy of the election, where you where you want to hear from him, there's a live game going on. If it's just him peeling off and doing like a Glenn Beck as his own channel that you have to pay for, I mean you're gonna wanna to pay to hear Trump. It's it's uh, it's it's cool to hear money's free on, yeah. on but Then MSN he can DC. just declare
4: bankruptcy, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> not pay taxes for another you know, decade. So I,
3: uh, I would agree with you, except I think this guy, in terms of marketing and media, oh, is has is shown that he has just such an unusual like instinct, and you know we've seen this. I, I was talking to John ahead of time. We've seen this before with one other family who came out of nowhere, had nothing to offer talk to just average people, the Kardashians. and the, I'm sorry there's a there's a parallel there in terms of how do you how do you become something uh, and just so dominate social media with no real message or anything. I mean he's really shown he's really shown how you can market the whole enterprise of running for the presidency of the United States but, but
2: then he becomes something else if it's going to be Trump the reality show that's one thing which which would be entertaining on its own but i think trump as a political force as like a as like a uh, i don't want to say loyal opposition but the but the opposition uh, i don't know if he's built up the credibility politically during the campaign to be that person i think i don't doubt that he'll be a compelling watch but I don't know about a political yeah I, if we could
4: if i could just for a moment shift it away from trump and i was thinking today it would be so interesting if bernie sanders had gotten the nomination because <laughs> like what a choice that would be for the country yeah. you know as as flawed as trump is and i kind of felt like in the primaries bernie sanders got a bit of a free ride because hillary wasn't going to attack him because she didn't want to alienate his supporters and the republicans would would have loved to run against him? You know, Mm -hmm. so we'll never know. Or Joe
3: Biden for Joe Joe Biden. Biden Yeah, Yeah.
4: exactly. But, you know, it would have been such a polarized choice to have Sanders. I think in that case, you might have seen like a a Bloomberg jump. But
3: I do think I mean, I I think that's the interesting question to ponder now as we go forward is uh, Trump's whole impact on the political uh, stage as it is. I mean, we've seen somebody really take this and turn it into something completely different. And now I, I i am not kidding when I say you will see other people get into this race, the presidential race, for the purposes of uh, making their brand. And Kanye West, I hate to say it, he's already said he's going to run. was I high mean, when you know, he said that, though. He was high no, when he no, said I don't oh. think he's kidding. We've seen oh. this. We've seen this that example as disturbing as the whole idea of of turning it into a money making enterprise. But has it really been uh, a money making enterprise? I don't know.
4: I don't know. I mean, I, I have a friend who works at Macy's and, uh, you know, I they to this day get about, you know, 40 credit cards a day that they're sent to them, ripped up from people. Uh, but, you know, it has it really helped his brand. You know, I don't know. There was a piece on Marketplace today about uh, Brazil. There's a casino and a hotel, a Trump Casino in Brazil, and people are still flocking there. You I, know? I think
3: that that's the other aspect of this election. that's going to be really interesting is the whole sort of reason for, for Donald Trump has been the brand, the, the building that brand and marketing it. What happens to this brand after the election? If he comes away, as we think he might with these polls, with the big L on his forehead, uh, what, you know, first of all, this is what Gloria already said, what women's group is going to want to book any kind of convention at a Trump hotel? Half of the country is not going to want to stay at a Trump hotel. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, foreign governments, are they going to want to book? Latinos. Uh, Latinos. <laughs> like, what if we can just go down the list. And what happens to the brand afterwards? That's yeah. what he spent his whole life building, and you have to kind of wonder where that goes. I, I want to
1: circle back to the the women issue. And that is let's start with Scott. I mean, what is it fair game to bring up Bill Clinton and his past? Well, I mean, what, whether, whether, whether or not how you if you agree the way that he did it. Yeah. But is it fair to say, well, I, I mean,
4: it, is it fair? Sure. I mean, everything is fair in politics in a yeah. sense. I mean, has it worked for him? No. Has it helped him? No. I mean, were his consultants (laughs) telling him to do it and his family, who apparently are his closest advisors, telling him to do it? I I don't know. Maybe Jared Kushner was. But, you know, I mean, I I do think there is a legitimate double standard that Democrats have around this issue. I think there were a lot of people, including many women, who were willing to kind of give Bill Clinton a pass in, you know, in the the late 90s. And I I don't know if you're hissing me or Bill or the women. (laughs) Bring it on. Uh, playing the role of Dick Saunders yeah. tonight. Yes. Yeah, right. to the uh, but no, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I mean, you have, each of those women's stories is a little different and the evidence is a little different. And there's some inconsistencies in their stories. And he's not running for president ultimately. And that whole thing has was litigated, you know, with the impeachment. And he was found not guilty by the Senate and so on and so forth. But I do, you know, I can understand why why Trump would bring it up. I don't think I do think that that conversation around Bill Clinton and women was not um, necessarily completed when they left the White House. You know, whether people Uh, want to hear it it now is another matter altogether.
0: We'll be back with more here on Friends on Fridays with John Zipper of Commonwealth Club right after this. Hey, it's Michelle Miao. It's hard these days not to get a question about when I'm getting married or when I'm having kids. I get it, marriage equality is legal now, I'm in my 30s, and in a committed relationship. Marriage may not have a time limit, but what about having kids? I have a lot I want to accomplish before growing my family, like becoming the next Oprah. If I want to wait, what are my options? Join myself and our partner Pacific Fertility Center for a free seminar on egg freezing November 3rd from six to 8 p.m. Register at PacificFertilityCenter.com. Space is limited, so register now. That's PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say, I do. Especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW.
1: When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Simes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.alegrecare.com. Allegra Home Care, Serving your community.
3: I, I agree that it's it's uh, necessary to to really examine uh, any any kind of accusations like these, and to to listen to the women involved. Uh, but it particularly, I mean, I, I think that where Trump has gone sort of over the line is, you know, you get people showing up now with Bill Clinton as a rapist yeah. T-shirts because they're being paid by these rallies, by Infowars, the, yeah. the, the alt-right <clears throat> group, to show up and get on camera. They get paid 5000 to shout this. Uh, you know, in the case of Juanita Broderick, uh, Ken Starr investigated her her inve- her allegations. He, he, and he found yes. nothing. Ken Starr. Ken Starr. Uh, she, she gave a, a signed deposition and testified under oath twice that she wasn't <laughs> raped by Bill Clinton. But yet she's out there yeah. making that accusation. And that accusation, it, you know, he they're basically calling him a rapist because of her, those uh, comments. Well, and there's a
4: huge element of I mean, the T-shirts we saw yeah. in Cleveland, you know, uh, it just starting with put her in jail or pictures of her behind bars. I mean, that was the least of it. You know, the, the things it's that horrible. It's, horrible.
2: it's horrible, horrible it, it, misogynistic. Yeah. And I think yeah. I
3: mean, this, this sort of brings up what probably maybe we're all feeling in this is no matter where you stand on these two candidates, I don't know. You've got to have a feeling of sadness about this election. I, I'm just really sad watching what's happening here on stage. What watching this disintegration of this process, uh, the disintegration of discourse, civility, and everything else. I feel like this election has just been sort of a watershed moment, and not in a, in a good way. Uh, will we ever be able to get back to? Uh, well, not the-, the high levels
4: of discourse we had in <laughs> previous presidential elections. Yeah, right.
1: What am saying? It wasn't that long ago, though. Swift voting. Let's
4: get back to swift voting. <laughs>
1: but, but it wasn't that long ago that, that we had Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton in primary debates, talking about issues. Yeah, issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then again, whether done. you're Republican or Democrat. I think Republicans would have loved to have those kinds of discussions yeah. on the Republican side instead of being kind of the the winner yeah. you know, the Lord but, of the flies. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, to
4: Carla, Carla raises a really a good point. I mean, because you do become sort of inured to this level of conversation. And I hopefully it is an aberration. You know, I don't think that there's going to be somebody in 2020 who's going to say, gee, I'm <laughs> going to do what Trump did. I mean, there's no evidence that it's really going to work very well. Uh, it's, ultimately,
2: it's also hard to replicate what he had. Yeah, 100 percent name recognition, limited bank account, Uh, a guy who who made his living saying whatever he wanted to say. So I don't know if we're going to have so much as the issue is going to be another Trump. But the issue is that the bar is so much lower now. Mm -hmm. And I and I call Mm -hmm. call me a cynic, (laughs) but uh, I have a hard time believing that people are going to we're going to raise the bar. And that's I think that's what we have to fight. Like after the second debate, uh, you know, I don't know you guys I was like, I, the only thing I could think of was writing is what I read, led My story was this is a sad night for America. And yeah, it, and it yeah. really was. I just I don't think people feel bummed out after watching that second debate. No matter what you thought, like, even if you're a Democrat, and you think, well, at least Hillary had a good night and he kind of imploded and it was this is terrible. But it was it was just made me want to throw up.
3: And, and this is the question what do you think we have going into the third night? The third yeah. debate. What happens I mean, now? You know, Let's what talk is about going it. To what, what do you here? expect. Well, I, I think. I mean, he has nothing to lose now to just throw bombs. Um, yeah. I, 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 don't know. You know, her strategy is going to be, again, you know, we we go high, uh, yeah. try try to just.
4: Oh, that's the prop measure.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: prop sixty-four. <laughs> we'll get to that.
2: That's prop sixty-four.
3: Very nice. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I think it's going to be hard to do because I think it's he is going to just swing for the fences and. It's going to be I, interesting. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah well,
4: I see because, you know, Chris Wallace is the uh, is the moderator for this one. Fox, Fox News, And yes. in some ways, you know, if you look back at all those debates, I mean, the Fox News debate, I thought, was one of the best.
2: I thought they were, too. Yes. I mean, their
4: questions were Megan tough. Kelly I mean, Megyn Kelly, job. yeah, yes. Megan Kelly great. did it. They she all great. did, you know, yeah. and I think partly because They felt maybe that they were going to be judged harshly if they were if they gave them a pass on all these things. But I I hope it's that kind of a debate again, you know, and and we'll see. And the topics are the topics are fairly. What are the. Well, they're like the Supreme Court, uh, uh, fitness to serve, being commander in chief, debt and entitlement. So they're kind of like substantive foreign policy. I mean, they're kind of immigration. So they're kind of like. They don't lend themselves as well to some of the craziness that we saw yeah. on the but last I think one, but we'll see.
2: Trump's strategy to, to jump with what Carlo was saying was: uh, I was talking to somebody about this today for a debate preview, and it's going to be—he described it as demobilization. So basically, he, Trump's going to just just scorch the rest of the building, and just in the hope of depressing uh, turnout turnout for uh, Hillary, particularly among young people who are maybe voting the first time. And it's just I mean, can you imagine this is your first election? and knew this is like this is the way it is. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's I think it's having depression. the
4: opposite effect, though. I do think I think for I think you've seen like big spikes in mobile uh, in registration yeah. uh, around the both conventions and around the first debate. Like and it's very much favored uh,
1: Democrats. Flor- Florida has seen a surge. Florida early well, voting is well.
3: California, too. I mean, oh. uh, we talked to Tom Steyer this week, the billionaire activist who told us he his efforts have registered 500,000 new voters in California. 500,000 in California, and uh, it's record registration here. Uh, Latinos are off the charts. Um, this is—it's go- going to be very interesting to watch. And you saw the hands with early voting, and this is where you know there's a lot of Democrats out there who are still so very nervous. You know, the polls are showing she's still within the margin of error, and so forth. Could this be a Brexit? Some kind of crazy. Uh, I think that when you talk to people like Donny Fowler, who's running the, uh, the get out the vote campaign for Hillary Clinton uh, in all the battleground states, this is the real difference between the, the Clinton campaign and the Trump campaign and what's probably gonna happen on election night. The candidate is important, absolutely, but there are a lot of other pieces to a presidential campaign, and it's all about that last 48 hours in most states, here in California, a lot of us vote ahead of time, Uh, But getting those people to the polls, calling them up and here in this state and in all these battleground states, this is where Hillary Clinton's campaign has the whole Obama machine together. And they have just replicated exactly what he did, which was a landmark, uh, you know, uh, achievement. Uh so so that and there's, is and there's nothing secret. like
4: that comparable yes. to the other side. Yeah, I, I I think the, the challenge though is unlike Obama who had a, a lot of natural enthusiasm around her you're not really hearing that so much around Hillary. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine with the AFL CIO and he said it's really hard to get people to volunteer for her they're going to vote for her, you know, they're for her, but to spend a Saturday or a Sunday making phone calls, walking precincts, he said it's really really tough. Yeah. Doesn't mean it won't that you know that there's know not have, enough people saying yeah. yes, but you know I know you have
3: some people a bunch of people going from California now to Nevada, which is starting to uh, uh, vote early this uh, this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking to the Hillary people today. They said they've got a bunch of people from Hollywood. You know, Jennifer Garner, a bunch of people coming out there. So they're they're getting it together. And you're right. The Trump campaign has like two surrogates, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani <laughs> and Chris Christie. No. And hey, there's Newt. About, there's <laughs> Newt. Like a, Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Don't oh, forget Newt, Gingrich. Newt. But that's the problem. <laughs> well, Scott Baio. You, You've got to get, <laughs> Scott Baio. you know, Pete, you're dry, they, they've got people driving people to the polls. They've got that whole thing going on. And the early voting... Is huge in California. What is it? 60 percent of us now yeah. uh, are voting early, yeah. and uh, a lot, a lot of these uh, voters. I mean, the, the, can't, can't, the Clinton campaign knows how to contact them ahead of time. A lot of you probably have been contacted already, multiple the, times. Yeah,
1: people think the Commonwealth Club emails people too much. I've gotten 3 emails from Hillary Clinton within an hour. Oh, multiple yeah. Multiple times <laughs> a text text, um, too. the text yeah. off I, a Did she say of, she would buy you dinner? <laughs> she said she would buy me dinner. She said she would <laughs> fly me <laughs> to the next debate. OK, a uh, question from the audience. Are you worried that the pre-election claims of a, quote, rigged election will damage Hillary Clinton in the office? Will she'll have to deal mm-hmm. with the fallout of that.
3: I, I mean, Absolutely. you talk to almost any elected official. Uh, none of us have heard this 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 kind of uh, rhetoric before to this level. I think it is a danger. Yes, I think it is a danger. When you're hearing, I was just listening to the Trump rally before we started here in Green Bay. Uh, you know, they're talking about a torch and pitchforks election there. You know, I mean, uh, people are talking about revolution, coups. Uh, the, they're they're talking to, to CNN fair, and watching. saying, I think she needs to be assassinated. I mean, that's like a felony. Hello. I, I mean, <laughs> to even talk about it. Uh, but 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 they're out there discussing it. And, I, and yeah, some of these people, the people who will say this kind of stuff are nutcases. But the fact is just just the I fact think it to a
4: certain extent. It'll depend on what Trump does on election night. You know, if he signals like, hey, it's over yeah. or if he signals, you know, get the pitchforks. You know, I think that'll make a big difference. That Frank Bruni from The New York Times had a—I think it was Frank Bruni uh, had a column about what previous losers have said on election night or in Al Gore's case in December uh, when the Supreme Court finally (laughs) decided uh, to stop the counting in Florida. And it was quite striking, actually, to read what all of them said. You know, it was extremely patriotic uh, and, of course, in some cases that it ended the next day in terms of the goodwill gestures. But like McCain. But nonetheless, you know, I think there was that higher calling that they all had. But and I'm Trump. wondering
3: with the it's, with the rhetoric you're getting from Trump. Yeah, it's going a total into different this game every day. He's not letting go of this where Mike Pence actually said, yeah. no, we're going to accept right. And Trump tweeted the next day, no, the polls are rigged. So he's that, he's separated yeah. from his I, own. I think that may be the point
4: day. where all these the Paul Ryan's, the McConnell's, you know, the, the party elders, you know, they all say enough, you know, they're not maybe not yeah. going to say that all right now because they want to mm-hmm. they're no. afraid of <laughs> alienating voters, you know,
2: OK. And that's the and that's something we take for granted, that the peaceful transfer of power. That's what makes our country different than many others. And and. Now it's being questioned. We've never heard that before, and that's what's so dangerous and, and sets everybody on edge, is that is that that could be compromised. And yeah, that's and,
4: that's what's scary. Well, and it's also so preposterous. I mean, the way we run elections in this country, it's by county by county, and you'd have to have like a wave of Republican secretaries of state colluding with you know. It's just so. But Republicans improbable. control
2: thirty states. Yeah, I mean, they control the voting in thirty states. So if there's yeah a rigged election. I mean, they're in on it.
4: (laughs) Well, and also it's ironic. I mean, Trump, who benefited so much from the media really being rigged on his behalf in the primary, yeah, now he's like unloading on the media. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think, too, we we forget um, how contentious these elections are because I was on on election night in 2008 with uh, Obama in Grant Park in Chicago. And I think what the what you didn't see or maybe you didn't see on the air was he was surrounded the entire stage was surrounded by about three-inch-thick bulletproof glass all the way around. And, and that I think if, that, if Hillary Clinton is elected, I bet I, I, you'll see the same thing.
1: I hope so. Okay, well, moving away from Trump. I'm sure oh, folks temporarily.
2: Will
1: come back. He'll always come back, but we'll, <laughs> we'll always have a vote. Um And in fact, someone wrote in a question, noting that we don't have any conservatives on our panel this week. That is true. Um, this might give you some, some, uh, whatever, reason to, to, rejoice then if you're a Republican. Let's talk about Hillary Clinton and WikiLeaks. Um, there's been, time mean, talk about a steady drip, drip, drip. We've been getting these batches of the, the, the Podesta emails, um, as well as just kind of the, it playing to the whole, what's going on with, you know, has she been telling the truth about the servers and such? Is this a serious issue for her going into the last stretch of the of the uh, well, I think election. it's a serious it's going to be a serious yep.
2: issue for her. I think at this point, you know, the, the cake's kind of baked. But uh, I think it's going to be a serious issue for her with people from the left going forward, mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of the stuff in there is very inside baseball. The people in this room would probably enjoy it because you're political geeks like we are. But uh, with all due respect uh, and uh, but a lot of it is, you know, how you know, Donna Brazil has got a question. She's going to slip it to Hillary's campaign. <laughs> well, like, that's not cool if you're Bernie Sanders or you're someone running against Hillary or if you're uh, someone who doesn't share this, the same uh, uh, track as Hillary. So, I mean, I think she's going to have to mend some fences on the left as well as on, uh, you yeah. know, it goes into the she's going to have a tough road yeah, to and govern and when and she so starts like
3: heading, heading into the next term elections and so forth. It goes to the whole issue of does she say one thing in public and another thing in private? Um, all politicians do, like, you know, big surprise. But uh, on issues like, you know, Dodd Frank and other issues, bank regulation, has she, was she cozying up to the, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs people? Uh, all, all of these issues, really, I think, are of concern to the left uh, as much as to the to the far right, A- and and just the WikiLeaks story in general has been fascinating. We haven't seen any WikiLeaks on the other side, uh, on the <laughs> Republican <laughs> side. That's an yeah. interesting aspect. Just an of oversight. Other I think. Well, and it yeah. will
4: give uh, what's his name, Jason. The, you, if it's hey, the you, U- yeah. 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 you know, more ammunition. And I unfortunately, I mean, I think that the Clintons do seem to attract investigations fairly or unfairly. Uh, no, I mean, going back to Whitewater and, you know, which amounted to nothing, but their penchant for secrecy and, you know, their lack of transparency and just sometimes the way she is. Uh, it fuels this suspicion. And uh, I do think that the, we haven't probably heard the the end of the WikiLeaks stuff at the end of the election, I th- you know, so it's it, it's exhausting, I think. And if you think about like the last seven and a half years, it's really been a quite an extraordinary scandal free period of time. And it's easy to just kind of mm-hmm. take that for granted, mm-hmm. you know, either personal or I mean, there have been this occasional Solyndra and the gun running thing in Mexico with uh, Eric Holder, but you know, by and large, it, it hasn't. We haven't seen the kind of big scandals that dominate coverage and, you know, it lead to a second term being a failure for a lot of
1: presidents. Someone asked, <clears throat> "Excuse me, when will we talk about issues, not this Trump crap?" So. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds
3: like, <laughs> it sounds
1: like a Wednesday wow. night might be a. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah a debate really <laughs> this was something that happened today. John McCain said something and kind of walked it back right away. I don't know if you heard about this. He, talking I think to donors, I don't know if it was a public event or not, uh, said basically under President Hillary Clinton, Senate Republicans would continue to, to prevent any of her Supreme Court nominees to get a vote. Uh, later he said, no, of course not, we'd, we'd vote on it. Um, Was he just trying to do some red meat, do you think, for his?
2: I I think that that sounded like red meat, because I think McCain's going to be the least of your problems on that issue. He is one who's someone who's been who's been if uh, he's there, yeah. if he's there. I I think I think a bit. But uh, he's been a compromiser over the years on on immigration and other things. So I I don't think it is
4: going to be interesting. Excuse me. Just that whole idea of like, you know, are they going to continue to be up to be obstructionists, which is certainly a lot of the party wants the base wants. uh, But it hasn't really gotten them what they wanted, which was the White House, you know, yeah. I don't. But on the other hand, you got mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. House members in safe districts, so they they feel their biggest threat is a, to be primaried on the right, you know, so they're. Well, they, and I think
3: that's, you know, they're looking at this right now. Uh, what is the effect on all these down ballot races? We were talking at here, even here in California, you've got races like Darrell Issa, uh, who has been a darling of the conservative uh, uh, movement n- nationwide. Uh, he's never lost an election. Uh, with less than double digits, and now he is really facing a challenge, and looks like he may lose uh, to Doug um, <laughs> Elfgreen. And they <laughs> think like, there's fun no game
4: conservatives game. in the audience.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Who are you complaining <laughs> about? <it>. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: it. Well, this is actually good because a we wanted to talk about some of the state issues, the candidates, the campaigns, the propositions, and had some folks here had also asked the same thing. So let's. Segway into that, I mean, Isa possibly going to lose. Probably.
3: Yes, I looks like he's in real danger.
1: Yeah. Um, U.S. House of Representatives from Southern California.
4: I think if he loses, it's going to be a real wave election because he, he's uh, although he meaning that all the undecideds, everything kind of breaks for the Democrats. Uh, And a lot of the close races go against the Republicans because he does have a registration advantage. Uh, He's running against a candidate who's, you know, he's not a great candidate. He's got his own issues, his own personal problems, although he is a Marine, which (coughs) plays well down there. Um, So I, I, I I think he could lose. He absolutely could lose. And I think it just got shifted from you know, leans to whatever they downgraded it to less secure for the Republicans. So he could he definitely could lose. But I think if he does lose, it's
2: going to be a really bad Uh, night. Democrats are kicking themselves, though, because they had a chance to probably pick up more seats. But their bench is they weren't ready for a lot of these challenges. They're like, who's Daryl Issa is a safe seat. So they didn't they weren't grooming anyone to 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 jump in there. Um, That said, I think Pelosi thinks she can take the House with Pick up thirty seats. I, I think she's no, I think that's extreme. A hard, that's a she's hard. Level. Heavy level. Yeah. She's but she's going to pick
3: that. up some here in California. I think Steve Knight is another one down there yeah, in he's, he's Southern involved. California who looks to be in real trouble. Uh, and and you have some Democrats who were looked to be in trouble and are no longer in trouble. Ami Bera up in uh, in yeah. the Sacramento area. Now in the latest poll shows him eleven. Points ahead now. Really, which, which poll is that? Uh, ben Tulchin's poll Over. Uh, today, from what I hear, uh, and that was a n- real nail biter for the Democrats. Ironically, he he yes. out.
2: He had some outside the help. Was this his opponent had like a sexual harassment? Yeah, yeah, issue and they, issue against him. Going on. But the I, Trump
3: thing too is yeah. that's weighing in there. I mean,
2: I, ironically, I, I think the, one of
4: the most endangered Democrats. Uh, Mike Honda, you know, who, Talk about that. Uh, but even if he loses, which seems increasingly possible, uh, it's going to remain in Democratic hands. And I think that's another problem for the derelicts of the world is you've got this statewide ballot with with, you know, Trump, you know, being problematic and then you've got no Republican Senate candidate, So there are
3: mm-hmm. fewer
4: reasons for people to Republicans to come out and vote. You know, and,
3: you know, and it's interesting in the Senate race uh, between Kamala Harris and Laura Sanchez, uh, the, the polls are showing 25% of the Republicans are just going to leave it blank.
4: Yeah. Uh, and they volunteer that to the pollsters. They yes, were not even asked about it. I'm not voting for either one of uh, them. To
3: the point where Sanchez a, 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 was a super PAC or a, a PAC yeah a super PAC
2: the, supporting her. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: It came out with an ad today uh, comparing her to the liberal Barbara Boxer, <laughs> which didn't go yes. over no, well. No, no, no. It was
2: it was yeah, the, yeah compared uh, comparing Harris, her, Harris, Harris to the
3: liberal yeah. Barbara Boxer, yeah. trying to get Republican votes. It's kind of interesting to watch, uh, you know, the, the top two primary in California has created these Democrat on Democrat races. That's what's going on in the Honda-Kana race, where Honda just came out with a new ad, uh, which purports to show Kana, you know, in the backseat of a oh, limo, uh, <laughs> yes, of that's exactly. dialing Wall Street, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's, we're gonna, I think you're gonna be looking at California at these Democrat on Democrat races for a long time to come, particularly at the statewide level. And yeah. it's going to get ugly.
4: It is because you've got i mean the Republicans are becoming less and less relevant. And so, you, you know, the, the Democrats are not very um, homogeneous. I mean, they have business Democrats, moderate Democrats. And, you know, the more that the Republicans are kind of pushed aside, the more these intra party squabbles could become nasty and personal. And that,
1: that's the pitch that uh, Loretta Sanchez is making, right? She's more of a moderate Southern California Democrat. That's right. Yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, she's con- she's also an example of it getting nasty a little bit. You know, know, she's
4: contributing to it, but just, you know, I'm not criticizing her that she's doing what she has to do to try to get votes. Uh,
1: Is there any chance that she would win this election, do you think? Uh, Slim,
3: very slim. I think most of the polls show, yeah, Kamala Harris in really good shape and in money uh, way ahead. And she's gotten the endorsement of everybody, every
4: Democrat. So I have to to say, you know, I I personally, uh, just as a citizen, uh, find it a little disappointing that there wasn't a more robust uh, discussion and campaign around that Senate seat. It's so rare. It's been 25 years since there's been an open Senate seat in California. Alan Cranston, Barbara Boxer, won that seat. And, uh, you know, it would have been more interesting if like a Javier Becerra had gotten in from like, a, co- a congressman from Southern California or uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, somebody who could really have brought you know, elevated the debate. I mean, I think they were so relieved that Sanchez got in because she's, you know, she's a little.
2: Um, unscripted. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. She's well, just and, a, and, and she didn't, campaign which isn't very confusing. It is endearing, but I don't know, if, you know, for U.S. senator. But uh, she didn't seem to be trying that hard either. There wasn't a lot of campaigning outside of Orange County. <laughs> but, and she's from orange county yeah. so it's like if it so and they didn't have any money to, to get uh, uh, to do big ads or to do any other kind of broad statewide name recognition campaign so most people still don't know who she is yeah and it, it is sad but i don't think i didn't sense a lot of um and she's and she's giving up her house scene so why not go all, all out, out yeah. for and, it and just Jill, get in the car and drive around
3: and joe as you pointed out today you had a story on kamala harris being such a cautious candidate. She really is. She, she did not want to make any mistakes. She just played it safe the whole way. Well, and,
4: and also just, I think, in a way, hiding behind her title of attorney general to yes. avoid talking about all kinds of things from, you know, policing issues to uh, things that were on the ballot, to things that might be on the ballot. You know, just say, well, I can't talk about that. I'm the mm-hmm. attorney general. And it just, uh, you know, which is not what previous attorneys general have done, you know, so it's just really super yeah, cautious.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about some of the propositions, um, marijuana legalization.
3: Well, I think this is the, this to me is the, really the one to watch. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom is uh, the main proponent here, along with Sean Parker, a big uh, billionaire from Silicon Valley. We're told that, you know, Sean Parker's real interest is social justice. But it's like when we, a lot of these guys, let's face it, are betting on what's happening here. Uh, we're, we hear about land being bought up in northern California, big money interest coming in. And I'm wondering, I, I don't know where the polls are on this one. But I think there is, this, this might be more of a fight than people think in California. The fact is if California uh, approves this, Gavin Newsom uh, gave a press conference today, <coughs> said this, this is gonna be a game changer in the country. When you have the fifth largest economy making uh, uh, recreational pot legal, that's gonna just throw the dominoes in every other state. you've got four other states voting the same night that we are on this. It'll effectively end prohibition and they'll it will they'll the rest of the states will eventually fall in line So what, what happens in California is a very big deal. I think what is the concern? There's a there's tremendous concern still on you know uh, so does this put more people out on the road, uh, you know, who are high? That's the question he got asked today the issues of edibles with kids, you know They say things like well, we're not going to make them attractive to children. We're gonna make sure But uh, somebody said, "What does that mean? You're gonna uh, broccoli? I mean, you know, right now they're they're cookies, they're brownies, kids eat them. Uh, You know, there's danger there. So uh, I think there there are there are." Think you're
2: onto something. Yeah, that'll be by the end of the week. There'll be broccoli uh, edibles. Broccoli (laughs)
3: edibles. But I think, you know, on the, on the other hand, hearing uh, Newsom today making the case of the criminal justice issue, I think that's the strongest <clears throat> issue in this here that, as we know, this all the stats show it. Uh, African-Americans, Latinos are more proportionately suffer the effects of of, uh, of, of arrests and, in these cases and lifelong effects.
2: Yeah. And we. I think the one thing, I think there are a couple of things with the with the Weed Initiative. One, you're, we're unleashing, you know, a. Any, an underground economy that's what five billion to fifteen billion. We don't even know how big it is, onto the above ground, and we don't know what kind of chaos theory that's going to s- spawn. We don't know what that's going to do. So that's one thing that's going to be uh, very interesting to watch for, and, and you know, it'll be a little bit of an earthquake. Um, and uh, the other thing, the social justice thing, I think is a little might be a little bit. Let's not expect to wake up tomorrow and say, "Well, everything's fine," you know. Black and Latino people aren't going to be pulled over for weed anymore. The early results from Colorado are, yeah, arrests went way down, but it's still uh, uh, black folks are arrested three times, pulled over as much three times as often for uh, weed related crimes as uh, white folks. So and that's, you know, because it's still an excuse to pull somebody over. Well, meanwhile, it'll still be a schedule one narcotic right
4: or drug. It's going to be you know, so I don't know what Congress are they just going to pretend that this discrepancy doesn't exist or is Congress going to do something? And you know, well, there the- are a fair number of Republicans who are, you know, libertarian leaning who think it should be legal decriminalize Tom McClintock. Tom McClintock. The- that's right. From the foothills. Yeah. And, and isn't
1: there an actual issue with how do you collect the tax on something where banks because of federal laws in this, banks can't handle this money. I think they're working that out. Yeah, Yeah, there's some
2: credit unions you can kind of go in through the back door on.
1: Joe will tell you about them later (laughs) after the program. They're the San Francisco credit (laughs) (laughs) union. Happy to take the money. (laughs) It's
2: a new revenue stream, I think they like to call it.
1: Easy terms. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about another couple uh, of propositions. There are two death penalty propositions. One seeks to speed it up, make it more efficient. Another says end it. Um, Scott, you uh, want to tell us what you think about those?
4: Uh, well, I can't tell you what I think. But <laughs>
1: no, it's you know, it, everything. everyone
4: agrees. The death penalty in California is dysfunctional. It's broken. You know, we have since uh, we reinstated the death penalty in 1978, we've the state has handed down more than 900 death penalties. Uh, we've executed 13 people. The leading cause of death on death row is old age and suicide. It's true uh, and natural causes generally. So it, it isn't working. And I the question is, like, can it be fixed? I mean, there's some question as to whether we can even get our hands on the drugs that, you know, the lethal cocktail, you know, a lot of companies uh, because of protests on the left from death penalty opponents have stopped using, allowing these drugs to mm. be used. So uh, I mean, it, Jerry Brown is just running out the clock. I mean, the last thing he (laughs) wants to do is preside over an execution in California. I mean, it's been over 10 years since a federal judge said you got to come up with a different protocol and we still don't have a protocol. You know, it's sort of in the phase of being uh, talked about uh, and public comment. So, you know, that said, I think that there are a lot of people that like the status quo, you know, they're, they're They do think that there should be a death penalty for certain crimes. The most heinous, you know, Richard Allen Davis, you know, poly classes killer uh, there. So I think there are a lot of people in California who are reluctant to take it away altogether. Um, they don't want to speed it up. I'm sure I'm certain Prop 66 will fail because it's confusing and just doesn't seem to do well in the polls. But I'm not sure. I mean, Prop 62, the one to ban that it might squeak by, you know, if there's a big turnout of Democrats, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's mixed. California is still kind of a, has a, still has a conservative streak to it. In,
1: in what happens ways. if they both pass?
4: If they both pass, whichever one gets the most votes okay. would prevail, uh, but I, I think it's more likely they'll both fail.
1: Now, um, Larry Gersten from San Jose State University and a frequent week to weaker um, has said that basically when you get a lot of propositions and ballot measures on or voter measures on the ballot, people tend to vote no That's right. more and more. It's like, or, or don't vote they, either that or you yeah, right. They either leave it or, or vote vote. no. Yeah. Um, so are, are there any, ba- uh, any measures that you think in a, in a less congested year might pass that you might think would be doomed this year just because of the fatigue, the I'm not going to read ballot arguments from, you know, 63 different... Uh,
3: well, you're right. We have 17 on the state ballot. And then what is it, 23, in 24 in San Francisco? In San Francisco. Yeah. Francisco? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like insane, yeah. right? People and and we know that the ones at the bottom of the uh, uh, ballot get, uh, you know, get less attention, people stop. Uh, and, and just just my sort of anecdotal in talking to voters out there. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are just no, I'm. I'm going to do no on you know everything. I'm just tired of this, right? I, this includes you've got things like the tobacco tax, soda taxes. Um, you've got uh, I, extending I,
4: the sales tax or the income tax. Rather. That's right.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I think a really fascinating one is this one. I, I went out to uh, Stockton to talk to Dean Cortopassi who's the uh, Italian tomato farmer out there who spent four million dollars to put this no blank checks. Uh, I think it's Prop Fifty Three. Three which means if any kind of infrastructure plan or big plan that costs more than $2 billion has to go to the voters. And his whole thing was, look, the Bay Bridge, you know, who's paying for that? The average guy who used to pay a dollar and now is paying $6 for a toll because these costs just keep skyrocketing. I think something like that could pass, uh, actually, in this mood with the voters. Uh, Even though every editorial board has, uh, 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 has said no on it, uh, but something like that, I, I mean, I think school bonds and other issues that maybe might pass in the past. Yeah, I think be in danger this time.
4: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, even the
3: extension of Jerry Brown's uh, Prop 30 taxes. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, I think there is a fatigue about revenue. I mean, when you even if you don't sit down to think you're going to vote against these things, you know, by the time you get to the fifth or sixth or seventh revenue generating thing, you know, in San Francisco, there's the real estate transfer. I mean, you know, the conventional wisdom is that people tend to vote for raising other people's taxes. So yeah, tax the rich, tax the smokers, tax the drinkers, you know. uh, But, you know, even soda, you know, I think people might be willing to go for that this time in San Francisco. But, you know, I think after a while, people just think, why am I increasing all these taxes, you know, so at what point that is I think it might be a little different with people voting by mail because they you know I don't I think the fatigue factor might be less because you know you vote you know, I'll vote on ten things today and I'll vote on ten things tomorrow Yeah yeah <laughs> you know? I agree
3: with you Yeah Wow but that this Pretty is a lot to ask a for people it is a and lot. Is a it's lot. ridiculous it's a They're throwing ballot. things at us that they that the legislature themselves did not want to handle like right, right. Am I right on this I'm sorry, should we be voting on, you know, porn actors need to wear condoms? I mean, do we need to vote on that? But I not they figure that out in Sacramento.
4: Although I don't blame that on Sacramento. I blame that. I mean, there's this guy in L.A. who's really pushed that. But I think the local ballot in San Francisco, there are a lot of examples of things that they either didn't want to deal with or wanted to put it on the ballot to create a wedge issue like the encampments, the tents on sidewalks, where there's really no particular need for that, but it's a nice little issue in the Senate race with Jane Kim and Scott Wiener kind of puts them on opposite sides of that. So it does. It's just it's like, why are you what are we paying you for? You know, you're there to yeah. to
0: legislate, <laughs> you know, um,
1: I did want to take another topic, which was not to get back into Donald Trump, but to get back to uh, a movement that has latched on to his candidacy. You've heard, uh, I think, a lot, probably a lot of folks have heard it for the first time. The alt right. So first, what is the alt right? And second, what do you think it does after this election? A- assuming Donald Trump doesn't win, you know, is this a growing movement? Um, this is not a movement that's going to just go away, right? It's captured. Uh, you know, I think this is
3: a movement that grew up, I mean, uh, the alt-right um, came out of alternative media sources like Breitbart, like Infowars, uh, a lot of, uh, Groups out that that are not traditional or mainstream media, and we know where the trust factor is on a lot of our own, uh, you know, work. So that's uh, I, I think the there's been a growing number of people who have turned to those. We've talked before about how people tend to now go to media sources that already confirm their political views. They 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 don't want uh, to hear the other side a lot of times. Uh, whether whether some without a, a, a leader or, a, you know, a charismatic kind of leader like Trump for them. I don't know if they continue to grow yeah. and prosper or whether they you know, they've been sort of under the radar. Breitbart has been for a long time.
2: Right. And they, they're You've uh, inter,
3: you interviewed him before he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: he gave me a ride once um, to, yeah. a, to a tea party rally yeah, in, yeah. in, in <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> uh, Walking around the side of the road. Hey, there's Breitbart. Hey. Give me a Sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, but I, I so these folks largely live online. And that's you know, that was even the challenge with the let's go back to the liberal blogosphere after the after Kerry lost. How do you transfer this online energy, which is much more of a mainstream than, than this than this crew energy onto the streets into into making it um, you know, turn into some sort of political viability and, uh, you know, uh, get people elected and such. So, I mean, where do they go? I mean, do they become are they going to start voting for school board elections <laughs> and assembly races or are they just going to just throw bricks Stew. at people? Yeah. And just be angry online. Uh, but there is a poll. I mean, when was it? The, the convention then Alexis Jones's rally. I mean, it only the only 200 people there showed up, but the people came. They drove from all over the place. Um, but that kind of kind of threw some water on it for me. Like, okay, so yeah. this guy held this big event, and like a couple hundred people showed up. There's like, the media was—we're all interviewing the same four people. I mean, yeah, how much so.
4: capacity do people have for like anger? You know, I mean, yeah. doesn't it kind of burn itself out? Or I don't know. I mean, if, unless you're bringing new people into the movement, it just seems like exhausting.
2: Right. It's, there's nothing really aspirational about it, which is how you grow a movement. Well, it doesn't. and, I mean, and what yeah. does it
4: accomplish? Too? I mean. Right.
2: And that's, they haven't yeah. figured that out yet, except their, their message is like, Hillary Socks. And that's not gonna take you further than November 8th until the next but, time. But yeah,
3: and, and the other problem is, is the demographics of the movement. It still is a white male dominated movement. And that's yeah. the problem with, with what Trump has right now. Women are just not, uh, are, are not attracted to uh, his candidacy. Uh, so you,
1: you don't know, think his outreach to women over the past couple weeks has worked? <laughs> The wrong kind no, of reach. I, <laughs> I'm, <not> thinking, <laughs> I'm
3: thinking it's not quite. <laughs> the magic isn't there. And you, you know aim a little millennials, yeah. uh, Latinos, no. and so forth. Unless you have, these are constituencies. Especially when you're talking about Latinos, the numbers are huge. And this time around, I think they're going to break the bank. And the fact is, you, you don't attract new blood to your movement, uh, and, and you're nowhere. And I'm not sure. We'll and
4: see. that's a yeah. I mean that's a problem for the Republican Party generally.
1: Okay. Let's get through some audience questions here before we get to the news quiz. Uh, Michelle Obama has been out on yeah. the campaign trail, gave a very highly uh, uh, viewed speech this past week. Um, does she have a future in politics? Do you think does well, do you think she wants a future? I, in politics? I think I mean,
3: that speech that she gave this last week was just uh, like out of the park. Uh, Unbelievable speech. We've seen a lot of speeches, yeah. but that one was okay. just in the stratosphere. And I have to say, I recently saw her. I, I was in New York and, and uh, saw a filming of the Colbert Report, and she was, uh, no, it's not the Colbert Report, <laughs> it was, it was, no, it's uh, the, no, yeah, The Late Trevor, Show. No, yeah, the Late Show. Trevor Noah, uh, yeah. He's the Late Show now. And uh, so I was in the audience, and she, she just has the magic that so few, people have on the political scale. And she's really developed. I mean, I've, I saw some of her original early yeah. speeches. She was not that great in the beginning. Yeah. And she has just developed into an unreal orator, a, better than her husband, almost. Uh, so does she have a, I think she has absolutely has a future in politics if she wants it. I'm not sure she wants it. Um, I think she can do anything she wants to do. And she is the, no question about it, the most valuable surrogate out there for Hillary.
2: But I I think also once you start to become a a political, actual political candidate and figure, then you're, you have responsibilities, (laughs) you know. But she is, she's just dynamite. And I think she's almost, better sort of outside the political system as a as a truth teller. And as she has like the rare ability to be like a a real person, which we we know a lot of politicians and that's the.
4: She's got such authenticity that (laughs) resonates with all kinds of people. And I do think that part of what's I don't think she wants to have a career outside of what she's been doing for the last eight years. Uh, and uh, I think that par- part of what's fueling her now is her husband's legacy. I mean, I think that uh, she obviously feels very strongly about that. And I think if uh, any of the Republicans had won, uh, but Trump, you know, certainly uh, it would be a lot of what he did would get undone. And so, I think that's that's really partly what's animating her so much. But yeah. obviously she feels it, feels these issues in her bones as well. I mean, her speech, at the Democratic convention was just oh, extraordinary. Yeah.
1: Someone in the audience uh, notes the work that Bernie Sanders has been doing out on the stump, doing uh, events for and with Hillary Clinton. Um, How much credit do you think he will get? And what role do you think he has in a Hillary Clinton, maybe in the administration or maybe outside of it? But I mean, what is his role within the party and and in the The country? Who will
2: be the senator from Vermont? Yeah, he's not not going to be inside the house. Um, yeah. And he's probably more valuable there. I mean, uh, as, as someone who can sort of speak his mind, he, you know, he's not going to. He's an know, outside player. He's an outside player. The Senate
3: <laughs> flips. I read this today, yeah. but I can't remember what committee he's going to he'll he the Senate flips, he becomes the chair of like appropriations or some really powerful committee. I can't remember which one it is right now. Budget, Budget. that's Budget. it. Yeah. Wow. So that's, you know, no small. That will point. be
1: interesting. Yeah.
3: Watching him. Yeah. Handle that one will yeah. be fascinating.
1: OK, John McCain, John McCain, given his comments. I wanted to get back to uh, Do you think he has a chance to lose his seat? Um, I've heard that from one Republican uh, analyst. That would be when you were talking about a wave. Yeah. I mean, that would that would kind it of. It would take a, a real
4: wave. I mean, somebody described they were talking about Georgia, actually. But yeah. I would add maybe Arizona. They described it as the 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 Charlie Brown football, you know, where they they, before they go to kick it, it gets pulled away. You know, it looked like they were going to be able to kick it. Was that Lucy that did that? Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) So, you know, I think. um, Sure, it could happen. I mean, I think there's a there's an odd combination of things happening. First of all, he's been there a very long time. Uh, There's an increasing number of Latinos in Arizona. They've got a, you know, a decent candidate running against him, a woman Ann Kilpatrick. Uh, and he's also the, you know, like so many Republican candidates, they're in this bind, you know, where if they say, if they disavow Trump, then they really infuriate those, that part That's of the right. party. Yeah. Uh, but if they're for him then he, you know, he loses another demographic. So it's, it's kind of a rock and a
1: hard place for, for him. Yeah. Um, so, but he could lose. Yeah, he could lose. Okay. <laughs> um, Sutter Brown, California's first dog. Oh
3: yeah. Yeah. Carla, I, mean, I know
1: you have something we can all
3: agree about. on. Oh <laughs> uh, the, again, the governor's know, dog. Yeah, the governor's dog is a little corgi. Pembroke corgi. Uh just a a, a a real celebrity in in Sacramento. if you walk around with him as we have, um yes you know, he attracts people from all over he's just this is it's a very he's very ill right now and you know he's gotten more twitter action than jerry brown has in the last five years
2: he's more entertaining <laughs> on twitter than jerry brown <laughs> it's
3: it's It's really uh, quite a cool story. It's so
4: interesting. I mean, Jerry Brown, uh, for he has many, many strengths, but I would say the human touch is not one of them. (laughs) Uh, And those dogs, I mean, Sutter was his sister, Kathleen's dog. And she moved, I think, to Chicago. And so they took the dog and now they have two dogs, uh, Calusa, Lucy and uh, Sutter. Uh, And it's just humanized him in such a way. It's it's really really sweet uh, to see. And, you know, he's a political animal. Uh, Sutter is they've used him in campaigns and they had cards with his picture on it for, you know, on <laughs> behalf cards. of uh, One of his issues and it's you know, it's just it is one of the, I mean, I think we can all relate to our pets You know, and it's it's a bipartisan thing And I mean I had to put uh, a cat down a while ago and just a few months ago And you know mm-hmm. you just I think mm-hmm. it's something that we can all relate to it's uh but it has really humanized him yeah, it in has, a way that's yeah. its very sweet. And, uh, you know, I think we all we all feel for the pooch.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. For more on us and other programs or podcasts you might have missed, you can head to com. See you all next week.